Unmasked with Mad Millennials. Today I'm joined by one of Voice's own, a true powerhouse in the world of music, DJ Priya. Priya's making waves on the international music scene, playing festivals and leaving audiences electrified with her energetic mixes. She says humbly in an interview before that she's been asked if there are trampolines under the decks because of how much time she spent jumping around. As someone who's been lucky enough to see this in action, I too can see the logic. With her own twist, Priya's sets are an explosion of heavy bass, bangra mashups and reggaeton and more. But Priya's influence extends far beyond the music she creates. An advocate for representation and diversity, she has shattered stereotypes and paved the way for aspiring artists, proving that talent and artistry transcend boundaries. Priya's journey has been a mission to showcase the face that she wished she saw growing up. So today we'll dive into her music and the significance of South Asian representation in the music industry as we unmask the person behind the beat and explore the intersection of music and mental health. I wanted to get you on because what people may not know is that you've been involved with providing a DJ workshop course for applicants through Voices Radio who may be underrepresented or disadvantaged. And I wanted to say a quick public thank you because I was lucky enough to have started one of the courses as a mentor, a teacher. But then in March, I had a car accident and a bereavement and everything kind of went boop. But what I will say is Priya kept in touch. You sent so much love and energy my way and kindly offered to help me get back into it. So first of all, I wanted to say thank you for that. And on the note of mentorship, what does that mean to you from both sides of the coin? You know what? First of all, what a beautiful intro. Oh my God. I'm just like, this person <laughs> sounds incredible. They're like, oh me. <laughs> In terms of mentorship, so obviously I learned to DJ at like a course that I now run. Um, and I, I always say this to my mentees. I'm like, listen, you can take this as far as you want. Like the sky is the limit, really and truly. Look at how far I've come. Uh, you know, it's not a lot of people do things like humbly and for nothing. Not a lot of people do actually give back sort of once they've quote unquote made it. And that's why it's so important to me because obviously my mentor is Jyoti Singh. And not only did she teach me how to DJ, she obviously told me the importance of like, giving back, paying your dues and just being a decent person in general. And that's why it's so important because you know what? It's always like, I always just see like women of colour or like women in general or non-binary people. Like it's, it always seems to be us that has to pick up the slack and sort of provide those accessible opportunities and stuff. But yeah, mentorship is just so important. It's definitely something that's so close to my heart. Always will be. Um, one of my favourite quotes is by Picasso and it says, the meaning of life is to find your gift and then to give it away. Mm -hmm. And that is the motto that I really do live like my life by. Because the DJing is fun, but like, how is the world going to remember you when you're not here? What legacy are you leaving behind? How do you impact people? How do you touch their hearts? Mm, so beautiful and so true. And it goes background, doesn't it? You know, it's nice to do nice things for people. And 
we do do that because we care but then opportunities come back around for us the way it should go way more in life I love that you do that and that's definitely seen so keep doing it can we kind of go back to the start of your journey into to DJ into music when did you see this as a possible career and how did that kind of come about so you know what's really funny is I actually never really had a musical bone in my body before so like I I love music I always had loved it but um I remember I tried to like take guitar lessons when I was younger and the instructor kind of told my mum like listen this is not the instrument for her like save your money and I feel like I dabbled a lot I even dabbled with drums the doll which is a traditional drum to like Punjabis it's used in a lot of folk music so I always sort of went down the the drumming route and the percussion route that's about as far as my kind of musical journey went for a long time and then you know just life gets in the way and you know, there's there's certain hours in the day that you can't play something as loud as the drum, you know, especially like living in a flat. So I never really picked it up um, from where I left it off. But then um, I was in a really, really bad place. I went to one of these workshops and you know what it was? It was just like, as soon as I touched the decks and I pressed play for the first time, there is literally nothing else in my life I want to do. By fire, by force, I'm going to make this happen. And you know what? I say it all the time. I do not have a plan B. I just knew this is what I wanted to do. I'm going to make it happen. I've had some really interesting conversations because growing up, I kind of always went down the like the business route and stuff like that. Um, creative jobs and self-employed jobs they're not really that common in the South Asian scene I mean they're a little bit more common now like barely but not really so um I remember having that conversation with my mum when I was like you know what I kind of think I can do this full time and she she was supportive but I don't think like apprehensive maybe Yeah. yeah and even now like I still have like some family members just say, listen, the DJing is not forever. Like maybe you should have a backup plan. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want a backup plan. And this is. Yeah. It's like making it work for you though, isn't it? And, but it takes a lot to hear the people's opinions around you that you so respect and love and then not necessarily go against them. Cause it sounds like they definitely did support you, but just try and make your path and, look back and be like, are you following me here? So on, you know, you're talking about the South Asian community. Can you, and I know you've spoken about this a little bit before, you know, the media's portrayal and how there's so many stereotypes, but how did this lack of representation feel for you growing up? And I mean, that's the first question. I've got more. (laughs) So I think growing up, I was always a little bit of like the sort of, I don't even really want to say outcast or like weird kids because now that I've sort of navigated my 20s I've realized actually like there was a lot of alternative South Asians we were all just sort of plotted quite far away from each other but definitely the community that I grew up in um, I was always the one that was a little bit you know I guess not that I was a bad influence but I think parents saw that I was going to shows I had Mm -hmm. facial piercings I had dyed hair they were a little bit apprehensive about um I guess their kids hanging out with me but I'm that person that like every parent ends up loving good as gold but like the thing is I've never really seen that representation from like day one to be honest because I never really saw like alternative South Asians but I think you know, if you'd asked me this question a couple of years ago, I would have given you a different answer. But um, 
I'd say now, it now that I'm 28, it hasn't really affected my self-perception that much because because I never saw anyone like me. I never inspired to be like anyone, you know, and I've always lived my life as like the be the change you want to see kind of vibe. So I'm I'm showing up as the person that I needed to see. Does that make sense? So yeah, it makes complete sense. I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, the lack of representation was this, that and a third. Because, yeah, now that I'm speaking from a different place, sometimes that lack of representation can be the sort of pick up the backside that you need to be that representation. Yeah, you wanted to see yourself. And now all you can do is show up for other people who are coming up in the industry and just living their life and growing up. That's what you can do. You can you can't get annoyed at other people for not doing that because it was it was a different set of circumstances. And all you can do now is be the change you want to see. I totally, totally agree with that. I know you said it's not about quite rightly so, it's not about ticking boxes and recognizing true talent and artistry. What more than still in line with that and making sure they have awareness and consideration to be have more representation? But what else do you think the industry could be doing as a whole? So this is a really, really great question. I personally have an inclusion rider in my contract. So that basically, for anyone that doesn't know, it says like, I cannot be the only female, the only woman of colour, the only queer person, da 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 da. Um, and I think just by doing something small like that, it's, you know, a great step in the right direction. I think we're living in a world, especially since lockdown, I'm seeing a lot more promoters that are female. I'm seeing a lot more non-binary and trans artists being booked on lineups that they haven't had to curate themselves. So I think the right changes mm. are being made. Um, but, you know, definitely having an inclusion rider is a great start. And um, I mean, there are templates online. If anyone's like listening and it's like, yo, that's sick, but I don't even know where to start. If you just drop me a message, like I can give you like a copy and pasting to add into yours. And I think as well, obviously with the workshop, a lot of them are aimed towards just people that, you know, haven't really had the opportunities before. So, you know, giving back to the community, building these accessible opportunities, inclusion writers, putting artists forward for things because there's so many things that I get offered. I can't play. I can't be in four different places at once. Put somebody forward that's not a man, you know. Mm. Um, they're like kind of going back to the question earlier. I know that there was other South Asian females killing it while I was growing up. They just didn't get the airtime. They didn't get the time on the TV, the time in the magazines. And I think, yeah, that we're here. We've always been here. It's about going out, supporting the scene, meeting these people. Yeah. And I mean, you said at the beginning that it's just a small thing, but it, I don't think it is a big thing because it trickles down and it ripples and it has this long lasting wave. And I think having an inclusion rider, it sends a really strong message and that will ricochet and more and more people are doing it and it's snowballing and that's how change starts it starts with something seemingly small and then before you know it like you said it doesn't become somebody's had to curate that night themselves and it's they've made a big thing about it it's actually just happening and that's what we can hopefully see more and more of looking at kind of the genres that you play how do you approach like blending these sounds together or do you not see it like that is it completely binary in that way or how do they kind of work together 
well you know what I feel like as I grow and change so does my sound because when I started out I was mixing like four by four garage um and then you know I sort of built up my music library now I play everything is high energy I'm always taking samples from songs that I grew up listening to or that my parents love and I'm bringing a new bassy sexy like flip a new energy to it um and yeah I wouldn't necessarily say that it's I don't know there's no real like formula to it Mm. the only way that I could describe it is it's magic so for example I gave myself a couple of weeks off but like boomtown's coming up so I got my decks today and I was just having a little mix and blend but my advice to everyone is like always make sure you are recording always because that is where the magic happens and I literally just went why and my partner was like what what's up and I was like I have litigated magic Mm, I love that (laughs) oh my god if you were you recording Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll send you the Google Drive after this. Oh, please do. Yeah. It's. I just feel like I don't want to be horrible. I, I, sometimes I feel like yeah, it just happens. Like, it either works or it doesn't. I think yeah. you know that there is obviously room for like nuances, but essentially you either got that feeling or not. And the same way I can relate is by being an artist and songwriting. Sometimes you just can't work out why it's not working. And other times you're like, I don't even need to think about why it's working. It's just working. And keep your voice memos going the entire time. And then you just end up with so many ones like, where is it? It's definitely somewhere. The thought of not having that tiny melody. You might listen back and be like, no, that was weird. Or you might listen back like, thank the Lord that I have this recorded. So yeah, I hear you on that. It's like, accidents you know I feel like if I go into like work mode and I'm like right I need to do this 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 sometimes it feels like shoving like puzzle pieces together and I feel like I'm having them together and they just don't fit and I feel like when you just go with no expectations go with the flow just see what happens that's when the magic happens and yeah it's almost like I'm quite spiritual and you know they say like when you like everything happens when you least expect it that's the way that I do my DJing. Like happy accidents when you least expect it. The more you go out looking for something, looking for something, you're not gonna find it. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that it happens for me anyway. Mm-hmm. But it was it, it was very different when I when I started out because I was very much doing things by the book, doing things like yeah. all the theory that I'd learn. And I tell everyone, I tell my mentees, throw the rule book, throw it out the window. Let's just forget everything yeah. you know that's where the magic happens. That is music. You know, you can spend obviously top composers and we do need people to know the theory because otherwise everything would be all over the place. But I don't, I don't come from a background of going to music college and learning all the instruments. So I just completely winged it and get by with, and sometimes I wish I did have a bit more of that kind of knowledge, but so many songwriters, like you don't need all of that. It can hold you back sometimes if you try and be too methodical about it. On this sort of note of, you know, high energy, I've asked you to say a few tracks that you want to put into this. So I'm going to say, what is your feel-good track? Why do you pick it? So my feel-good track, it's called Fruits, I think. But yeah, it's called Fruits. I heard it on a story. It samples Moment for Life by Nicki Minaj, which 
that just reminds me of my college days getting ready putting my extensions and you know being late for college and just listening to moment for life and that's one of the songs that I always it always seems to come up in my life and as soon as I hear that melody I'm just like ah transported to like all the good moments so I heard that that melody before the main hook comes in and um he's it's like a drill remix of it and um it's just really funny because it's like ain't got a clue who um and yeah I mean it's not a diss track by any means but it it's one of those tracks it always gets me dancing Um, and I hadn't heard it before you know being a DJ it's not often that like I hear new things but when I heard that I was like I have never heard this before this is incredible so yeah that's my feel-good track I think that might be just a bit specific to me though I don't know if other people are going to listen to it and be like yeah this makes me feel good (laughs) that's what this is about this is about you so let's put it on so your energy and your passion while you're performing obviously we've spoken about is definitely evident with how you want to engage in the with the crowd but like anything in life you have the ups and then you have the downs often and I wonder for you quite like how I feel you know and a lot of artists and DJs and performers when they have that high level of enthusiasm and just energy throughout their sets or performance how do you then cope with that when you get off stage sometimes wherever it might be when you finish your set and how does that impact you? So this is a really, really, really cool question. So um, for those that don't know, I started DJing right before lockdown. Then lockdown happened. I didn't really get the chance to play any shows. And then the first show that I did play actually ended up going viral and it was in a crowd. And so basically over the short time that I have been DJing, the shows have been getting bigger and bigger and it's been very intense. I've had to learn and adapt and overcome very fast. And I think, yeah, um, it was a lot. When I first started, just the Mix Mag show, for example, I ran off stage before they'd even said, oh, that was DJ Priya. Ran off stage, <laughs> went to the green room, bawled my eyes out. I was so, so nervous. Um, and yeah, like as the shows have gone on, you know, I do, I get off stage, I need to go to the green room. I used to cry quite a lot. I get to the hotel, I'd sit on the floor yeah. and I'd just cry because not even, yeah, not even because I was sad. It's just very overwhelming. Like it's like giving a piece of your heart mm-hmm. to the audience. And a lot of the time you do see it and they do give it back and it's really nice. But yeah, it's just, it's it's a lot, especially if you've got, anxiety if you've got stage fright like yeah. I, I've learned I have a lot of these things yeah <laughs> I've learned them as I've gone on stage and I'm like oh, and I'm what? glad we've chosen these industries you know it's very very bizarre I'm like I don't know why I went into this but again it was a happy accident I never I never saw myself in the role of a performer at all. Um, but I guess it's like now looking back at home videos, I was always like singing and dancing in front of the camera. Um, yeah. There's actually a clip of like my brother's birthday and I like jump in front of the camera. I upstage him on his own birthday and like he's crying. Like- I'm like, this is my show now. So my mum's like, she was always going to be a performer. But yeah, it's a lot. I, You know, the highs definitely come with the lows. It's about mm-hmm. making sure that you take time for yourself you navigate those feelings I journal quite a lot and even though yes I'm very overwhelmed because when you get off the stage that's not where it ends people are going to want photos people are going to want to chat to you people are going to want to you know 
talk and just yeah it's a lot so it's not just you dj and then you can go it's mm -hmm. um the socializing and the networking yeah. and yeah it's performance in itself a lot of the time all of that and it can be really uncomfortable when you feel like you just don't know how to decompress what would you then say as a song that you'd put on to kind of maybe wind down or just to like tap into your emotions like a bit of a in your feels kind of track you know what Coldplay Yellow that is the song that I love and so I'm obviously a touring artist and my partner is a touring artist as well so a lot of the time we're just missing each other or you know I get back from tour I've got a day or two with him then he's going off on tour so there are some times especially during like festival season we don't see each other a lot and Coldplay Yellow is just one of those tunes I put my headphones on it makes me think of him it makes me miss him and it does not matter where in the world I am I will race home as yeah. soon and just to see him and I know that sounds like so cringe he's really beautiful I do. <laughs> I do. a playlist I've been making it for a while it's called happily ever after and for our five-year anniversary I sort of gave him this playlist um but I did it really funnily I was like can you scan this code and he was like yeah sure and it opened Spotify and I don't even think he realized what it was and um yeah it's just um yeah all the songs that have played throughout our relationship and Coldplay Yellow is on there it's like one of the first ones that's so, yeah. right. I mean it's a beautiful song and that's a really nice reason to have that rather than it being something that you associate with pain or sadness that you can be in your feels but actually feel really like a warm blanket around you Here's hoping they play Glastonbury for the a millionth time next year. And on that note, the fact that you were here and I was there, but you were playing. How, was, how was it? How was it for you? It was a lot. It yeah. was a lot. Um, I ended up going with my friend who I actually hadn't seen her in a while. She hasn't seen me since this whole DJ Priya thing happened. And when we kept getting stopped for pictures and chats and she was just seeing my name on poster after poster and then when I played the truth stage and she saw me play to like 3,000 people I think she was just like who who, who are you <laughs> she was just like I I are you famous she was like am I friends with a famous person and I was like no it's just really weird so yeah Glastonbury was good it was a whole new experience it was a lot we've got Boomtown coming up the one yeah. thing that I learned though is I'm not a camping girly. I'm not. I thought I was Bear Grylls. <laughs> I like for a spider in my tent. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm not Bear Grylls. But um that's all that's all part of it. That's the great thing about DJing. It's given me so many like opportunities to experience new things like camping. And just sort of very briefly going back to the Coldplay song, being a DJ gets very, very, very lonely. And so yeah, that song makes me feel less alone as well. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to have those songs that feel quite just indulgent for you, but also you just know that if you are to play that, everyone would be like, ah! <laughs> I mean, it's... maybe I'll find like a jump up 160 version of it. <laughs> yeah, you've definitely got to do that, release that 100%. Talking about kind of the nostalgia with music and what that brings up, you know, the emotions that evokes within us. I absolutely love what you chose for this because I, if somebody asked me pick your three headliners for, for Glastonbury, one of mine, without a doubt, would be Paramore. I am obsessed. I absolutely love it. So <laughs> I'm very excited that you want to play this, but which one is it and why? 
So it's Here We Go Again by Paramore. It's like one of their first EPs. And um, yeah, I growing up, every single hairstyle and hair colour that Hayley Williams had, I also had. I know you can't tell now with the like really long, healthy black hair, but my hair has been pink, blonde, orange, you name it. Every music video, she ha- I was like dyeing my hair the same colour. So here we go, just reminds me of walking to school with my art folder in hand that I decorated like the Riot cover and listening to this album, which at that point in time was a little bit of a throwback. Yeah. It's just a really upbeat, and just stepping in tune with it and having that, you know, pep in my step and just Mm -hmm. walking into school. And yeah, it's what, you know, being a a teenager, nobody really wants to go to school, but I found that that song, like it gave me enough sort of energy on the walk to then go in and face school. (laughs) We all needed that. And Paramore was it for me. I remember going to Reading Festival. What was that? Probably 2011 and see, and yeah, just seeing them and thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. And yeah, I'm, I'm hundred percent with you there. So obviously we talk a lot about mental health with what we do. And I know we've kind of touched on parts of it, but I was wondering whether, you were comfortable talking a little bit about how your mental health has been maybe over the years and then kind of looking at how that may have been amplified by, you know, some of the experiences getting into the industry, but kind of more the personal side of it. If if you're willing to talk about some of that yourself, you know, if there's been tough decisions that you've had to make. So, yeah, there's actually um, an impact mix article that Mixmag did on me. And the uh, the headline is DJ Priya DJs like her life depends on it. And it's absolutely true. I do like, uh, you know, it's no uh, secret. I haven't had the best mental health growing up. And DJing definitely gave me a new lease on life. It made me actually want to be here. And I mean, I've always understood the importance of music and mental health, but sort of having it firsthand and being like, wow, no, like music really does save lives. It's what keeps me doing what I do as well because the amount of times I've played and it's one of those ones where like it doesn't matter what's happening in the room if people turn up like as soon as music starts for an hour they can forget their troubles Mm -hmm. and they can just be in the moment with me and um so I've had a lot of people tell me that you know my music and stuff helps their mental health but it works both ways since DJing my mental health has definitely been a lot better I have had like one or two experiences within the music industry that has definitely set me back quite a lot um, now that I'm on the other side of that. But last year, um, I had this really, really horrible experience. I felt quite isolated and I felt quite alone and I had to sort of stand up and sort of, you know, make my own justice and kind of spotlight just sort of everything that was wrong with the music industry and yeah it was one of those ones I don't think I was believed until like five other people spoke out about the same thing and um yeah through that I've kind of realized like you know what nowhere is worth staying if it costs you your mental health the price is too high that's the truth of it and you know it's taught me to just be okay with being on my own like I removed myself from a table the only table I'd ever really known I removed myself from it I took some time away I then built my own table and now everyone can eat at my table and I remember when I did that it's one of the scariest things I've ever had to do and I did it on my own 
And I remember just thinking, I've been branded, nobody's going to book me, nobody's going to do this, this and that. And really, I think the fact that I've done it on my own, like the amount of people that have kind of come out of the woodworks now to kind of sit at my table, and it's fine, because there will never be like any vengeance or any hate or anything like that. But, you know, one of the things that I always say is like, if you don't feel like you're being fed at a table where you're bringing the food and like your plate's empty, leave, honestly. The industry is big enough with social media and, you know, we've all got a platform like it's very scary. Don't get me wrong. Very scary. Terrifying. But you can do it. Like, don't stay anywhere. You're not appreciated. And yeah, it's one of the bravest things I've done. I'm very proud of myself for showing up and doing that. You know, it's it's weird. At the time, I was the lowest point in my life, but it was definitely a weird sort of blessing because now I'm on such a strong, solid foundation that nobody can rock. Yeah, you've done that yourself, and that is something that I'm I'm proud of you for that. So it takes a lot; it really does to just make that decision, and it's not an easy one. But to kind of forge your own path, just build, rebuild, and I think there's it, life's hard enough. It will suck you in spit you back out the music industry is notorious for that to be able to recognize what is happening around you and make those decisions to walk away the pressure is that something that you you feel does that get to you or is have you been able to kind of compartmentalize a bit I think when I started out the pressure definitely did get to me and especially with like back-to-back shows really you know, I was like, I need to have a new set with completely new songs and da 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 and I need to create content all the time to upload and I need to be this perfect person that never has a sad day and always looks her best and da 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 And I was just like, F that. You know, all the pressure that I felt I was putting on myself, nobody else was putting that pressure on me. It was mainly me, really and truly. Nobody cares if I turn up to the show with no makeup. or Nobody cares if my 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 posts are quote-unquote, you know, aesthetic or whatever. And really, once you build your music library, nobody's going to want to listen to a song just once. So, mm-hmm. I mean, when I started, yeah, there was a lot of pressure, but I feel like the more I've sort of grown into myself and healed and just being my own badass self yeah there's not that much pressure now and I feel like it's only once I sort of took that pressure off myself I really started thriving I sort of broke the glass ceiling for myself and yeah I don't really feel that much pressure now I might have a moment every now and then before like I play if I see a huge crowd and I'm like oh my god um but yeah I don't really feel that much pressure now but maybe I've just had like a a bit of a good patch <laughs> yeah but you've definitely learned the hard way and like you said you've made difficult decisions to get to where you are now to the other side where you feel like you are that rock and that steady ship in your own life and I think it takes having to make that journey to be able to then not care as much what people think it's so easily said than done and I think a lot of the time we say we don't care but we're human beings we do care what people think or well I I don't know most people do so it's yeah trying to find a way to not let that overwhelm you but to to still be you know a decent person which you obviously are what would you say to somebody who does feel like they get in their own way and they do find that you know they're hesitant maybe to pursue going down the route of music and DJing because of what they perceive are 
societal expectations? I feel like, you know, I'm I'm always very much like all or nothing kind of person. I feel like the more you think about it, the more you get in your head about it. You're not going to do it. And like I started playing guitar recently, sort of teaching myself. (laughs) And I've been putting a couple of clips on my story. And at the end of the day, my what I told myself was I'm going to be 30 in a couple of years. I can be 30 and be bomb at playing guitar or I could be 30 and be wishing that I had done it. You know, yeah. time waits for no one. If you want to do something, do it. Life is short. Like, <sighs> and I, I it, it does take a lot to, you know, make those de- decisions and make those choices. I know not everybody is able to do that. Um, but yeah, I'm just one of those people. If you want to do it, do it. Crack on, get on with it. Sure. Life is too short. I felt exactly the same. Like I am 29 and I thought I want to learn how to DJ and DJ my own 30th birthday. So at the start of this year, I was like, right, we're doing it. Obviously I've derailed slightly to pardon the pun. Um, But so we now got six months left and is it doable? Is it doable? Can you, can we do it? So basically, when I started DJing, it was six evenings. Um, So it was like, on a Tuesday evening, we had six sessions. And then at the end of the six sessions, we had like a showcase. And um, yeah, it is totally doable. I I feel like you can even do like a crash course on DJing like I'll help you do that <laughs> but I don't put that much pressure on yourself no. so you don't have to be like mixing one in and one out and playing 60 different tracks in an hour like it's it's totally fine like even I would say when somebody's like I have asked people before like oh have you ever thought about DJing just because I've got friends that are really really sick at curating yeah. places and just you know so just it's all aspects but yeah it's totally doable if that's a goal that you want to achieve I will help you achieve it um and you know it's weird like life is really weird it's never just forward and I'm sure one day you will be being interviewed and you'll be like you know what I actually started workshops and then this happened and now <laughs> and you know have you ever seen the movie sliding doors yes I think about it all the time, all the so time. I. I might get on the tube. <laughs> I wonder what would happen. I yeah. feel like life is like sliding doors. You will start DJing when the time is right, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But the time is right when it's trying to make up some kind of weird saying there. I could keep thinking, when is the right time? When is the right time? But sometimes the right time is, you know, within reason. If I started to do it the day after my operation, then it's definitely not the right time. But if you wait for a perfect time, yeah. there's never a perfect time. Absolutely. The timing is never perfect. No. I would just say to everyone, just start and figure it out along the way. Yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. I really started, figured it out along the way. Everything that has happened has been I don't want to say luck. I don't want to say coincidental, but everything has aligned. You know, Mm. I sort of feel like I manifested Glastonbury in a way. Um, And yeah, I just feel like, I just, I don't know. I I always say if it's meant to be, it will be. So yeah, just start, just get the wheels in motion. That's my advice to everyone. It's great advice. Who would be an artist, a new artist that you you know, want to shine a light on. I know this is something that you are really passionate about. You'll always speak up and say the name of somebody in, in a room. And I think that's wonderful. So please do 
share somebody you would like to to showcase let me try and think of vibes there's a couple of people funnily enough like I've always been you know showcasing and spotlighting artists and they all sort of seem to go viral yes. okay <laughs> this is a big sense of responsibility then you want me to pick you've given you've given me a few options the one that's a good friend the mix okay yes I'll do okay so my friend Andre, who goes by Cloud Klaus, um, he's also in a two-piece band called Pink Milk. And I had him guest on my radio show way back in the day. And he gave me this guest mix. And when I tell you, it was the best guest mix I have had. And I was like, oh, my God, like, how did you do it? And he was like, Pre, I did it on my computer. And I was like, but you had wheel ups, you had spin backs. What do you mean? He was like, I was actually like dragging my mouse back. And that was the real realization and turning point where I sort of learned. I always told myself, I can't DJ. I don't have decks. I can't yeah. DJ. I don't have this. I don't have that. And that was when I realized, you know what? Like, you can put the most talented person in front of like a rock and a stick and they'll make it work. And then you could put somebody that does not really have a crumb of talent in front of these really high tech things. And it's, you know, the talent speaks for itself. And so, yes, that's my friend Andre. And it's his new song called Stereo Love. Yeah, I think that's such a good life lesson, though, isn't it? That there's some of the biggest huge songs that have been you know number one songs that have been very successful by streaming metrics and stuff that have literally been recorded in somebody's one bedroom very small room in a crowded city with you know no soundproofing and that's what's quite great about the music industry now obviously it means we are competing a lot more and it's very oversaturated and there's a lot of noise but the fact that anybody can technically you know within reason I know doesn't have to have a lot of money doesn't have to have all the tech and can create amazing art that and I love your your rationale um is there another artist you would like to shine a light on yes so it's a band called dawn brought savior um it's a new project by a couple of my friends and it's a little bit of a different vibe I know I've gone for like sort of pop and stuff like that but I just had to shout them out because what they've done in such a short amount of time um it's just incredible and Paula has actually like started learning the drums and we had this conversation of like oh my god should we form a band and you, you know how I was like just just do it like Paula kind of said the same thing to me she was like I, I wanted to learn the drums so I just thought let me just do it and I was like I'm gonna do the guitar like so yeah it's just what kind of um what kind of genre is it quite multi? I would say it's more like doom, doom metal, sludge. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely dope. The point of um, you know, anyone being able to do music is really funny because I have this friend called Clean, as I'm sure almost everyone would have heard of him by now. But when I started chatting to him about three years ago, I think. Um, he was literally just this like 16 year old kid that lived in Brazil and I reached out on SoundCloud and I was like you're literally one of my favorite producers anyway fast forward a couple of years uh, Rihanna then went and played his Rude Boy remix at the Super Bowl and he's like blown up since and rightfully so oh my but, God. Yeah, he at the time it was like this 16 year old kid in the middle of Brazil and he guested on my show and I'm like yes I got that guest mix right at the perfect yeah. time so you know the world That's is amazing 
That's so great. You know, I mean, you are a tastemaker as well as an artist yourself to be able to know that, spot that, have somebody on your show and your platform that then goes on to get blown up by Rihanna. I mean, yeah, you definitely got that right. The smugness is like when someone goes, oh, yeah, no, I heard that song on a playlist and then suddenly it becomes massive on the radio times 100. (laughs) Because, you know, already the process has happened for it to get to that point. I'm so like it's it's really funny my Facebook bio actually says always ahead because I literally am always ahead of the curve the amount of times I'll say something and then it will happen trends like I literally have this thing of like predicting trends predicting what's gonna what's gonna be a sound on this and that and like it is it's like a weird sort of superpower of mine yeah yeah I have this producer friend that's always like, Pre, like, let me know what to remix. And I'm like, this is what you need to remix. <laughs> um, but that. yeah, I am, I am smug with that clean thing a little bit because I'm like, I, you know, when you just know, I'm like, I was definitely like the first person in the UK that he followed. You and- reached out to him. And I think a lot of the time I, I'm guilty of this. You know, you think something or you're aware of it, but then you don't do anything about it. And then you go, then you tell people, oh, well, I, actually, I, I definitely saw them. It's like, where's the proof? You actually have the proof. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> I I I I get it. I understand, but I'm just like I, I don't know. I'm that annoying person in people's DMs because I'm like I really appreciate talent and artistry. Like I I literally DM people like you're sick, and then yeah, like four years later they'll be like, oh my god, like I've only just seen this, and you know, <laughs> one of my, actually they saw me play Mix Mag. Who's that? Sorry. Uh, I just had this like friend they saw yeah. me play mag and then um we're trying to figure out like how did our friendship start and it turns out yeah like I dm'd them like you're one of my favorite producers and then like oh. we just didn't stop talking every day but yeah I I always am the annoying person in people's dms because I I just feel like life is short and especially being mm. a producer like they don't get a lot of recognition a lot of DJs will get the recognition for the producer's stuff and we wouldn't be here without the producers and that's why it's so important to let them know that they're yeah. safe harness that relationship I think with you it is very much about connection giving back and absorbing in and having that cycle of mentorship and that's clearly spanned through every part of what you've done with your music and by reaching out to people like you want to tell people that they're good you want to tell people they're sick you want that buzz in them and it feels good and I think a lot of people can easily go mm, get jealous and just not engage with anybody. So, yeah, keep doing that because that's what makes you you. And I'm very grateful that you have spoken to me today on our mast and sharing your journey. And, yeah, I'm just excited to keep watching you and seeing where you go with it all. You know what I'd say as well, just on like to add on to what you said, the music scene I really do feel like it is big enough for all of us. And I feel like a lot of people will try and compete and try and this and that. And I'm just like, you know what? If you know you're good at what you do, there is no competition. There is no need to hate. Like, we can all eat at my table, like mm-hmm. I said. We we can all eat. We can all thrive. Like, the whole team is going to win together. And I think, you know, people that don't want to sort of help, support, create, da 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 I think it all kind of comes from like some weird insecurities. Yeah. And once they sort of address that, like, yeah, I, there's plenty of people that are like, oh, are you not worried about this? Are you not worried about, I'm not worried. I am not worried. I'm in a league of my own. Don't you worry. Yeah. 
I, I even give like my mentees tunes that I'm loving and that you know there's 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 I don't know I'm quite religious and my religion is a lot it's like about giving and stuff I'm just like if if I if I can't like if I give you something and then I'm like oh actually now I'm gonna be worse off or whatever I need to reassess myself and look closer at myself you know and I think as well you've got that pinned post on your Instagram about like not gatekeeping do you want to talk a bit about that because I remember seeing that before I went to the, the one and only workshop I went to with you <laughs> I'm thinking, oh wow that's so cool I just thought like what a great person because you don't see that very often yeah you, you talk us through it so yeah the hot girls don't gatekeep so that actually gets mentioned to me quite a lot because it, it went viral it got like forty five thousand views or something mad within like yeah. the first 24 hours and in it I basically made a reel and I did like screenshots and I was like right you want to learn how to DJ here's a really cool budget friendly option for decks for headphones it's the decks that I started on the DDJ 400 um, I said that you could even get them secondhand. the headphones that I now use but I also linked like the first pair of headphones I got which were like 30 pounds um, I then went on to like how to mix what programs to use where to find music and like I really, really, really broke it down. And yeah, you know, hot girls don't gatekeep. And I think a lot of people were grateful for that. And even when I was reviewing applications for the second round of workshops that I did, most of them mentioned that video. Yeah. It's really funny because at the time, believe it or not, it was actually like a, I was umming and ahhing. Should I upload it? Should I not? Will people care? Da, 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 da. But yeah. like, yeah, like I said, the joy of life is find your gift and give it away and yeah I think you just need to look at my page to know what kind of person I am <laughs> yeah. no it's so nice it resonates with so many people and I'm sure it sent a message to it did to me just oh okay you've really broken it down this is doable and really compassionate and maybe this is a a nice space for me to want to go into rather than feeling like I can't ask anybody and I don't know where to begin and yeah there's room for all of us at Priya's table and I mean it's got to be a big table but that's fine we'll just we'll just keep it we'll keep it going it'll be like one of those really long banquet tables but that's fine we're all on it <laughs> yeah I love that I love chatting to you very very grateful thank you thank you for having me honestly like yeah life is all about loving and caring and sharing and inspiring and yeah so thank you for having me <laughs>